You're listening to the EFC Podcast. I can say without a doubt that Lorna Duick is Canada's best-known Christian journalist. She has served the world of religious media in our country for over 30 years. She started in radio in Manitoba, then became co-host of 100 Huntley Street. She was the face, the heart, and the force behind the award-winning TV program Context with Lorna Duick, also a writer on faith and public life in the Globe and Mail and other publications. Lorna has traveled the world reporting on church-led response to major events and crises, telling important stories so very well. And most recently, she has served as CEO of Crossroads Christian Communications and executive producer and host of Context Beyond the Headlines. In late April, Lorna Duick announced her retirement from what has really been a groundbreaking career in Christian media in Canada. It has been a thrilling and rewarding journey, but now I am planning to retire, she wrote. There is a new assignment ahead of me, as my husband Vern and I would like to navigate the journey of his Parkinson's disease together as a couple. I'm Karen Stiller, and I spoke to Lorna about some of her career highlights, her advice to newer storytellers, and her thoughts on a changing Canada. We hope you enjoy this interview and join us in wishing Lorna well as she begins this new chapter. So Lorna, when people think of Christian media and television, in particular in Canada, they think of you, and Canada will miss you, and I hope you're experiencing the love right now. I am. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you have had the privilege of doing Christian media uh, since really 1994 in many different ways. And and yeah, it's been wonderful, Karen. Wow. And in the announcement of your retirement by Crossroads, they beautifully sketched out your career. But one line really struck me, and it was that you contributed significantly to our culture of pastoring the nation through Christian voice and media. I just, I loved that line. And really, the thought of you as a, a kind of media pastor. And I wondered if you could share with us a little bit about, you know, what that was like for you and, and what that means. Well, I think I realized um, early on when I was working under David Maines in that first year of 1994 in television that I um, that people were truly emotively impacted through the intimacy of television. It was a little different back then in 94. I mean, I had done radio before then. I've been active since 1977 in radio and print. But television in 94 when 100 Huntley Street was still on global TV, uh, there was just a lot less selection than there is today in 2020. And people really hung on encouragement. And I, I realized if you looked into the camera and told people God loved them, God had a plan for their life, God could hold and repair their hurts, that, that people responded. One of the greatest legacies of the Christian media family in Canada that Crossroads has created is that today, 1,700 people will phone the prayer lines at Crossroads. Every day, we're getting at least wow. that many phone calls. Uh, now, in COVID times, over 60% of the calls have been uh, COVID-related. But people trusted that voice out of media. And you're right it became a pastoring exchange for me. When you announced Maggie John as your new host, um, you said, which I found very moving, um, just that 
clip on your last um, show, you said that she understood what it means to put God alongside media. And again, that line just jumped out at me, that this idea of putting God alongside media. Can you unpack that, Lorna, for us? Well, stories are shaped by the questions we ask. So you can do, um, you know, an interview or you can look at a story, but if you never ask the questions that bring out people's God colors and the God colors in the world, you won't hear them. So that's, that was one of my favorite questions would be to ask people, how did God find you? Hmm. What was going on in your journey when God found you or you found God? Or how did you know God was involved in this? Or you take, you know, you take the arc of scripture and you weave questions from God's history with humanity. You weave those questions into, into your story interviewing. We always called it Bridge to Christ. We made a template and we said, here's the kind of questions you can ask for your Bridge to Christ. And uh, that was that was just really um, an important part of it. I mean, it drove me. I, I started... I only went really to higher biblical education after uh, after I started doing Christian journalism, realizing I need to understand Christian history better. I need to understand sociology better. I need to understand our theology. Yeah, so, I mean, that was just part of, of getting that undergirding of pastoring through media. I'd love to hear some of your career highlights, and I think other people would too. Are, are there stories now as you, you know, reflect back, which I assume you've been doing, are there stories that stick out at you uh, that really touched you or challenged you in, in certain ways? Well, I uh, always maintain that my most moving interviews personally were people who had been willing to face death for their faith. Those stories of walking to the brink of life, standing up for your love for God are always gripping what people have been through. So those are definitely career highlights. Certainly getting to travel to the needy parts of God's family, going to hear the Christian story in far-flung corners of the world, Uh, the poorest of the poor, being able to send a reporter into uh, places like Cox's Bazaar, you know, trying to understand how is it that there are so many displaced people in the world, so many on the refugee highway, understanding that you were really there for the least of these, giving the least of these a voice. And then there's a whole collection of highlights which were about um, management and philanthropy. Because, you know, the Christian story doesn't get told in media unless donors supported it. So I got to interact really with hundreds of people who wanted to invest in Christian media and understanding what their motivations were, who they were, what their lives were like. That was always a highlight. And then management, like leadership, like understanding how to navigate getting a lease at the CBC and building a Christian media office in downtown Toronto, how to understand renewing the crossroads facility and merging my smaller ministry into such a big historic ministry, learning those leadership lessons, stepping into the CEO roles was uh, really a highlight. Learning how board governance works, watching the mystery and 
wonder of how God leads through boards. I liked, I liked um, yeah, clearly the management stuff at the last 10 years of my career, last 15 years really became a highlight as well. You are clearly a curious learner. I mean, as you list off some of those, you know, the last, say, 20 years in particular, it feels like you're someone unafraid to take risks, try new things, and, you know, keep learning. That must have been part of what kept you going. I think that's what drew me into storytelling. I was always curious as a child. I was always telling stories. And I really do love to learn when you do all the personality testing, that's got it. That's like always the doorway for Lorna. So, and that makes, uh, those are the best, those are the kind of people who get drawn to media, right? We love to learn and thank God people like to tell their stories and they like to teach through their lives. So that was a wonderful joy of the job. And you've also seen, I'm just thinking of the last sort of 25 years in Canada, even you've seen a lot of cultural change around the church, around the place of the church and the public sphere. Could you speak to that a little bit about maybe what you've noticed and observed and, you know, where you think we might be heading in the next number of years? Well, actually, that's one of the things I want to think about more deeply as I slip into retirement and uh, take a, a reboot in, in our lives is just trying to understand that because part of me is very discouraged that after you know all of these decades of the church getting a louder voice um, or trying to get a more you know cohesive voice more technology being available to us that you know our levels of adherence to christian conviction have dropped like they have now I'm thrilled. I saw what EFC helped promote um, with with the uh, streaming service that's happening. How 17% of Canadians, I think five million, are now tuning into yes. online religious services. That is fantastic. But that's the first bright news I think I've seen on the growth of interest in Christianity, despite all the media efforts that have been made. With the explosion, with the great disruption that media has brought to the world, that it has been very difficult to make space in that stream for God. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that is uh, really interesting. What about, um, so if the, the next generation, say, of storytellers coming up or just younger storytellers um, working now, what advice would you give those storytellers of faith for how they can work best now? Well, I'll tell you, one of my career highlights was remembering the, t the years we started at CBC when we needed a studio audience and we had 20 volunteers. We only had six staff and we had 20 students trying to intern and actually interning like taping night was crazy as they brought in all their connections to fill that audience and so on. And I would say, never lose your spirit of helpfulness, of just hmm. showing up asking, can I help? Can I help? Um, I think everybody has to realize that to get started in media, your voice first has to develop legs, as we call it in the industry, legs. And you, you have to be willing to volunteer. You have to be willing to bring great ideas to the table and to volunteer. And then once you get your foot in the door, 
uh, once you have have, and you should always be self-publishing. Begin as a teenager, publishing in your journal, write, get used to putting your thoughts into words on paper, on screen, and and just write, write, write. Like do six hundred words a day, and just get used to figuring it out. And then once you've gotten your voice established, serve, serve where the need is. Go to uh, you know, go bring the, the light into the darkest places and give light a voice in the dark corners of the world, in dark corners of social issues, and, and bring them to the people who have the power to amplify your voice. Yeah, I love that advice. And I, I, I resonate so deeply with what I tell writers, uh, younger writers is do, do the small things and do the free things. <laughs> and don't, you know, a lot of people want to, you know, jump right into, you know, making a feature documentary or writing a book. And, you know, that often will come later, but to do the small things as they present themselves in front of you is such good advice. Yeah. I, you know, this is, you're interviewing me on my last formal day of being employed at Crossroads. And tomorrow <laughs> I have my first volunteer writing gig. It's for Parkinson's Canada. And I'm just Aww. thrilled, you know, and so, yeah, just be willing to bring your voice. Yeah. And without you missing a beat, I love that you're, this is your last day and that tomorrow you're doing something wonderful volunteer. And I would like to shift into that. You're, you recently filmed your final episode of Context Beyond the Headlines, and it was intensely personal. Uh, you shared about your husband and his uh, life with Parkinson's and your new goal of advocacy around Parkinson's. So I wondered, you know, how it felt to kind of end with that show. And then I'd love for you to tell us what you're going to be doing now. Well, I would be disingenuous if I didn't say I was really sad. And we've uh, both mm. my wife, we've cried a lot of tears about this. You know, um, I I came to realize much too late how disease affects families. We've been married 40 years. We've all been healthy. And we've just run at life. And now, uh, four years ago, when Vern was diagnosed with Parkinson's, we started to enter into this cloudy world where your life and your understanding of your strength is changing. And it has affected us deeply. Vern had to sell his business. He was a financial planner. So that's happened three years ago. And and now I have to quit my job because um, the care adaptations are, are so... Uh, are, are moving down the road. Parkinson's is a progressive disease. It's not curable, but it is treatable. And that's one of the reasons why we're choosing to both um, be retired is because it's like a part-time job plus to just manage Parkinson's. You need to exercise daily. You need to eat right. You need to stay socialized. You need to really, um, and when I say exercise daily, this isn't just like a little bit, like it's like a at least an hour of vigorous exercise every day. Even three times a week will stabilize your symptoms. So because Parkinson's is growing, over 100,000 Canadians now have Parkinson's and it affects their own economies. It affects their families deeply. And I... I just, I just know, like, we're not going to do anything for the next number of months, except just figure out the new rhythm and try to really understand how 
to thrive in this season of our disease. But I, I think it's um, something all of us should be aware of is that whether it's cancer in the million Canadians who have cancer or Parkinson's or any of the neurological disorders or any physical disabilities, these all take a lot of adjustments by the community and your workplaces. How has your faith community uh, supported and sustained you during this time, Lorna? Or, or have, maybe you've had to just come right out and ask for help. Like, d- have people gotten it? Yes. Oh, good. Yes. But we have had to ask for help. Like, even... Yeah. Uh, we've had to. And, and so, you know, uh, my scheduling in media was always made being part of a small church group difficult for us. Mm-hmm. And... Our church worked really hard to find the right small group to put Vern and I together with. And they've been just great. Like they've been just great. And I, I, you know, we've been in the same small community Christian Missionary Alliance church for the last 25 years and they've got our back. They really do. And I, I felt that way about crossroads too. And I just, I, I just know that, um, I couldn't imagine doing this without the fam- the church support. However, I will say this, the educated support of Parkinson's people, uh, people with Parkinson's, we call them PWPs, they, that movement in Canada and the online community and Parkinson's Canada and the, every city, every town has its, has a Parkinson's support community and there's so much available online that has been like night and day to get into the formal community of patients with Parkinson's and and hear how everybody is navigating the disease. Because a neurologist needs to treat this. This is about the, the graying out of two portions of the brain and those things just stop functioning and start changing the way your body responds. So, you know, when you see a neurologist they only can see you twice a year and it's just short visits. It's not adequate. So all of us as caregivers and people with Parkinson's, we are flat out on, um, on sourcing what more can be done for our disease. And whether it's Larry Gifford's podcast, which has all the latest, a great Canadian podcast, uh, when life gives you Parkinson's or whether it's the fabulous new book, Ending Parkinson's by four of the top doctors, doctors, whether it's Tim Haig out of Winnipeg and U-Turn on Parkinson's or Parkinson's Canada, there is so much. And that's where the bulk of our disease-specific support has gone. Our faith support comes from our church. Even as I hear you listing off those resources and the fact that tomorrow you're going to be doing your first volunteer writing gig or your next one, maybe. Um, I'm just struck that you are such a natural storyteller. Are you, I'm sure you're going to bring those skills uh, to bear in this new community you're a part of. Is that part of your plan? Yes. Although, you know what, like I'm like the new student, right? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, sure. I have to get welcomed in. I have to prove my salt and all of that. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. But we do like, we do a weekly boxing class, like boxing for Parkinson's. And we, you know, I think, and, and in my little street where I live, there are 
uh, three of us that have Parkinson's just within 10 houses, three of us, and just sitting as neighbors, helping each other, like this is all the new world that's in front of me. Uh Wow. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Lorna, thank you so much for making time for us. And and just thank you for all you've given Canada for so many years. And we will be watching and waiting and, you know, ready to hear the next type of stories that you'll be telling. Thank you very much, Karen. Wonderful to have been with you. And just thank you to Canadians for supporting and cheering and Uh, just watching all of this wonderful media and it continues uh, with great people at Crossroads. So thank you for this time together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.